by just doing something. It's not uncommon at all, but I just want to say, and I want you to repeat with me, good morning. Thank you, and that's what I was hoping would happen. I was hoping that you would say good morning in a celebratory way. Because we don't need to come here with sadness. We don't need to come here grieving. We can come here to rejoice and to celebrate as we have this great blessing to worship God. It is a blessing. It is an honor. And it is also a responsibility to come together and worship Him, at least whenever we can. Um, today we gather together to worship our Heavenly Father our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who empowers us in our lives. But to some churches, to some people, this looks very different today. It looks very different to, than the regular services, especially to some churches around the world who have been forced to cancel their services. And not necessarily because the government trying to persecute them, but they're just being forced to cancel their services because of this pandemic of the COVID-19. To some churches, they're making the choice to cancel churches. My brother's church in Ohio had to make the hard choice to cancel their service this morning. I know that was a very hard choice. Some churches have closed their doors and are doing live streaming or doing other options for people to be able to still study God's word and worship together in their homes. Some churches, I saw one big church, and most of these churches canceling are big churches over 250, over 1,000, whatever it may be. I saw one which was great this week, which said, we are not canceling church. We may be closing our doors, but what we're doing is taking this church body into our homes and into our neighbors' homes and into our friends' homes so that we can do church with one another. Worshiping God together in our home is still part of the church. And that's an amazing thought, isn't it? But we do praise God that we can still do church together in this building. And now I'm counting every time I itch my face. Oh, isn't that terrible? We need to be praying for the church today. We need to be praying for all of these churches, ours included, but all of these people as well, no matter where they are. But not just the church, not just God's people. We need to be praying for all the people of the world to be reached through this. God will have his goodness shown through all circumstances. And I just keep praying, and I encourage you to pray too, that this would start a revival. We have a message to give people of hope and peace of how to be rescued from fear and how to rejoice. So you may notice today's service is going to be a little bit different. We are taking yet another break from Ruth. I'm putting off that final chapter of Ruth 4, as, as lovely it, it, it is, I just felt God telling me we needed to hear a different message today. And the best is yet to come. You can keep that in, in your mind for both Ruth chapter 4 is coming, but also the best is yet to come as we look forward to eternal life with God and the blessings he will bestow upon us even through this time. The church faces great opposition today, but we are not without weapons for combat. We have prayer, we have God's word, we have one another, and we have many tools in the day and age we are to be able to get the message out to the people and to be able to worship together no matter where we are. And we praise God for these things. As I always say, in every prayer, there is a praise. So I put on my Facebook account this morning, praise God. And that's all it was, just praise God. I already had somebody comment, praise God for what? 
And that's a great comment. I expected it. But what I wanted it to do is to get you thinking, what can I praise God for today? Let's take the thought off of fear, off of anxieties, off of our problems, and let's focus on what God continues to bless us with. Most importantly, that's himself and his son and the Holy Spirit. But people are scared today. People are giving in to fear. And some of the signs of fears and anxieties may be such as trouble sleeping, stomach problems, a brain fog where you just feel like you can't think straight, high blood pressure, tension headaches, anxiety attacks, hoarding, panicking, sadness, anger, lashing out at people for no explained reason, an unexplained or unexpected tears or emotions which aren't common to you, death or suicidal thoughts, overly interested in the news. That can be a sign of fear and anxiety is being overly interested in the news or overly interested in end-time thoughts, possibly, especially if you're doing it in not a good, healthy, God-honoring way. Irrational decision-making can also be another sign of fear and another sign of anxieties. I think we can all say that we've had a time or two when we have struggled with fear and anxieties. And I think of myself, and I know this isn't in comparison, excuse me, to some big pandemic, but maybe you can think of yourself when you asked a girlfriend out on the first date. Or a boyfriend, as that might be. But maybe it was the fear, men, as you're thinking about proposing to that significant other, that future wife. Maybe it's the fear of preparing for a big test or a big exam. Or maybe it's the fear as you took that driver's test. Maybe it's the fear, kids, of having to tell mom and dad that you broke a window with a baseball or you did something else naughty, something else bad. You see, fear and anxieties are a part of life. Maybe you had fear... As you came to church this morning and anxieties which you had to combat as you thought, should I go or should I not? Maybe you had fear and anxieties as you went to Walmart looking for a roll of toilet paper. I hear there was actually a fight at one of the local stores, a physical fist fight over toilet paper. Don't they know there's Vikings jerseys in Walmart's clothing department? You just buy that, rip it up into some little pieces. Uh, whatever that team is you don't like, okay? I'm not just going to bash on the Vikings, but you get the point. <laughs> Joking aside, the world is panicking right now in an emotion of, in a, it's stuck in an emotion of fear and anxiety, and we need to show them the answer. We need to show ourselves first, though, that we have answers. You see, there's a difference between a healthy fear and a healthy anxiety. I believe these emotions can be healthy, and God has given us some of these emotions. It's not just a result of sinful action at the beginning of creation. Fear can be healthy. Anxieties can be healthy as it kind of gives you a kick in the butt and reminds you that we don't need to depend on ourselves. We need to turn to God. Or maybe it's, it's a healthy emotion as we recognize the fact that, hey, you're fearing something because you're not looking in the right direction. You're not focusing on what you truly need to focus on. You're focusing on dwelling on fears of something that may not even come to be instead of focusing on the hopes and peace that will come to be through God. 
There's a difference between using fear and anxieties as a system God has given us to help us in life rather than allowing it to control you. Fear does not own you. Fear and anxiety should never take over, should never control your life. And there's a great song today. I forget the name of the artist, but you might know it about fear, where it says, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. My, I, was, I was driving my kids to school this week, and Colton, my seven-year-old son, was listening to the radio on that little half-mile drive to school, and he heard that song. He heard it saying, fear is a liar. He said, yeah, what does he mean, fear is a liar? And part of me wants to say, son, I'll talk to you when you get older, because I, I don't know. But I, I told him, though, I did. I said, fear wants you to think that you're not good enough. Fear wants you to think that there's no hope. Fear wants you to think that, that the world is just is just one despair after another. Fear wants to tell you all these lies that you should not believe. Fear makes you think, why even try? But fear is a liar, and we should not allow it to control our lives. Fear and anxieties can either cause us to seek God or to seek ourselves and run away from God. But we must seek God. Fear is selfish, ineffective. It robs us of the joys that God wants us to have. And it causes us to lose touch with reality. And let me tell you something, and this is very important, so I hope nobody's sleeping. I don't see anybody sleeping today. Wow, what a blessing. Not saying I normally notice you sleeping. I hope not. But here's what I want you to hear. The Bible has a thing or two, or three, or four, or five, or six, or seven, or eight. Hey, I can count. The, fear has a lot to, the Bible has a lot to say about fear and anxiety. Let me read some of these to you. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Proverbs 3.5-6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. Psalm 124 verse 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Do not lose sight of who, who saves us. Our Savior is the one who was at the beginning of creation, before creation, and making the heavens and the earth, and is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present in the lives of his people. Pastor author Stan Toller says, Troubled times call for a tighter grip on the hand of your heavenly Father, but do not forget that his grip on your hand is always stronger than your grip on his. He's not going to let go. But you must be choosing to hold that hand. Psalm 46, as we read earlier, says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and therefore we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And I know we talked about that briefly as we were worshiping this morning, but just a reminder, we understand God's people of past understand these authors who were inspired by God to write these words. They understood that life does feel this way at times. The loss of a loved one, the memories of a loved one, these, these persecutions um, that happen in the world, illnesses, the loss of a job, marriage struggles, family struggles, um, all, all these things and more, you name it. 
Troubles are going to come, and it will feel like mountains are being moved into the heart of the sea, and the waters roar and foam, and through the mountains, the mountains are trembling. But do not lose sight that God is still in control, and we can still seek Him as a refuge, as a strength, as a strong tower. But unlike some strong tower next to the ocean with a lighthouse, a light on top to guide the ships, which might be busted and hurt by waves and Yes, those lighthouses do at times get swept away by the waves. Our strong refuge, which is our God, will never, will never be swept away. And he is unchanging. He is loving. He is caring for his people. I want us to take a few moments today to focus on a larger scripture. And some application for our life. Out of Philippians 4, chapter 4 to 7. And I want you to see how we should combat fear and anxieties during this crazy time. With churches closing. Schools closing. Businesses closing. And this epidemic, this pandemic we're facing. We need to be spending the rest of this service time talking about this. Let me read this to you. And here in this scripture, Paul speaks of facing great opposition, yet Paul speaks of how we may still have joy. Let me read this. Philippians 4, 4-7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. These are powerful words, and powerful words of Paul, who's speaking about great opposition, speaking about great persecution. And Paul, who's been serving his life, or serving a lot of time of his life, in prison. Or being persecuted, or being hurt emotionally, physically, and yet here is this man from prison speaking about rejoicing in the Lord, but notice that despite the great opposition the church faces, despite the great opposition he faces personally, despite our great oppositions in life, he says rejoice. And not just once. He says, again, I will say rejoice. Again, again, and again. I think he would have kept saying it and saying it and saying it to people. And we too can keep saying it and saying it and saying it to ourselves and to the people around us. Because sometimes, just telling somebody to rejoice once, they might think, oh, yeah, yeah, here they are again telling me to rejoice. They don't know what my life's like. They don't know what I struggle with. They don't understand. But then you say, no, take a moment. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now they start taking a little bit more seriously. They kind of wipe that smirk off you. Seriously? How can I rejoice? Rejoice. Really? Yes, really. Rejoice. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let your graciousness be known to everyone, depending on your translation. Share with them a reason why to rejoice notice that next statement the lord is at hand talk to him about the lord's presence in your life his presence in the world his control his sovereignty talk to them about how his he is there for people talk to him about the savior of the world but then it continues on it says do not be anxious about anything 
but in everything by prayer and supplication. So here we see some commands. We see some instructions, but we're also going to see some promises. So we have this command to not be anxious about anything. But then he's not going to just tell you. So like I said with that first person, you tell him to rejoice. And he's like, what? Seriously? How can I rejoice? You don't understand. Well, we can give a command, but that doesn't mean they're always going to follow it. And parents and myself, preaching to myself, sometimes we give our children a command, but we need to follow it up with a little instruction or it's not going to happen. Or they're not going to understand why they're doing it. Well, here we're going to get some instruction. Do not be anxious about anything. Well, how can I not be anxious? Here's that instruction. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I think this is an instruction. It's also a command of what we're to do. But I'm going to say instruction here because it helps with the direction we're going with this. In everything, notice he's not just saying, in some things go to God. And notice there's a difference between prayer and supplication. Prayer is just talking with God. But I think the supplication is actually asking of God. And some of us, we don't get help. We don't get what we need. Because A, we're not asking for what we need in light of knowing what God knows what we need. We're asking for our wants or desires, which maybe don't line up with God's will. But otherwise, maybe it's because we don't actually ask. And notice that third word, with thanksgiving. As we talk to God, we pray to God, we ask him for our needs. But we do it with thanksgiving, meaning we're doing it with praise, we're doing it with happiness, we're doing it with hope, knowing who we're talking to and what he will give, and we're not doing it with whininess. In everything, talk to God. Pray. Have prayer. In everything, be having supplication and asking him for his will to be done and for your needs to be met. In everything, do it with thanksgiving. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look at that third part, that, or that last part, that promise. And I'm going to wrap up because I, I want us to focus on prayer for the last part of this service. But listen to this. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that means... All of our understanding, this peace goes beyond. We don't understand it. But we know that we need it, and God knows that we need it, and he will freely give it to you. But you need to be seeking him. That's a promise, guys. That's a promise of what God will give you, a peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But I didn't write it down, but let me continue to read from Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. It says this, the second part of this continues by saying, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, don't throw it out the door. Think about these things. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. You see, to, to retain this peace that God gives us, we must hold on to it. God gives us a peace, but so often we're throwing it away because 
we, we love it in a moment, but then we start dwelling on the future things which may come. We dwell on our fears, our anxieties. We dwell on, on these future confidence problems or these future fears which may never come. We allow our dwellings of things to, that sh- may come to control us and take away from our eternal blessings and knowledge of what definitely will come. We need to focus on God's word and prayer. Focus on the promises that he gives us and throw away these fears and anxieties of life unless it's those temporary fears, anxieties which are healthy to kick in that fight or flight emotion that God gives us to be able to fight for what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Don't dwell on the bad things that could happen instead of all the good eternal things that will happen. And praise God. Praise God. Read his word and have joy. Celebrate. And did I say pray? Pray, pray, pray. But as you pray, pray in everything and with supplication and with thanksgiving. There's a quote by Greg Laurie I shared yesterday at the men's breakfast. And it goes like this. Hope grows in the darkness. We get stronger when times are hard, but we must turn to God, not away from him. Exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. This is a time to exercise our faith and pray and read his word. Hope grows in the darkness. We get stronger when times are hard, but we must turn to God, not to ourselves. We must not go into panic mode. We must not allow the fears to, and anxieties to take over and control you. But instead, you must allow God to control us. Philippians 4, 4, 7 is about being anxious for nothing. It's a command, not an option. But in everything, be in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So this week I was convicted, and for the last 10 to 15 minutes, if it, if it runs into Sunday school hour, honestly, I'm not going to care. And I'm sorry to say that. But we need to do something very important today. President Trump nominated this day or declared this day a national day of prayer. And I actually had this planned before he said that, but I still commend him for doing that. What a great and worthy act this is and a needed act to be happening across the world. But we're going to be spending some time in prayer today. I'd like to say this was completely my idea, but I was convicted on something I saw from another church denomination. And I have four topics that we're going to pray for. I'm going to put them up here. I hope you can read it. If not, I'm going to post this later on our Facebook page, tomorrow on our website if I can remember. But we need to be praying for these four things. And here in a moment, we're going to have open prayer in this church. And I'll admit, I've never done this on a Sunday morning. I don't know how it's going to happen. But we're going to take roughly just a few minutes for each one and have a few people within the congregation, you, speak up and help me pray for these things. After a few minutes for each one, I'll pray and move us on to the next one. But we're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray for one, number one, let's ask God in his mercy to stop this pandemic and save lives. Not only in our communities, but around the world. Particularly in places that are unequipped medically to deal with the virus. Isaiah 59, 1-2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. 
But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. But God wants to hear. God wants us to have a relationship with him. We need to seek him out. We need to pray for the world. Number two, we need to pray for President Donald Trump. But not just him, for all of our government leaders, our medical leaders, our doctors, our CDC, the people that are fighting this and giving us instruction internationally, federally, state, local, to have the wisdom to direct us in the best course of action for prevention and care. Romans 13, 1 through 4 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. It continues on, but we need to pray for, these, for our leaders. Number three, Scripture says, Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Pray that the Lord will give us wisdom in this moment of fear as the foundations of what we know are shaken, that others would realize how fragile life is and how real eternity is, and they would see their need to turn to God. I've seen so many jokes around right now, memes or little cartoon pictures, showing people lining up for the toilet paper because we need toilet paper. But then you see another table of somebody offering salvation, offering the news of Christ, and nobody's lining up there. We have news of what they really need, and we need to take this news to them. But first, we need to pray. We need to pray. Number four, finally, is ask God to protect our missionaries and their families around the globe using this global crisis to advance his good news to the whole world. We have Psalm 90.12, which says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We have Mark 16.15, which says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the, to the whole creation. We need to continue to rejoice. And what I forgot to tell you is that word rejoice means celebrate. It means celebrate. It's not just happy. It's not just a joy that you keep to yourself. It's a celebration. We can celebrate with one another for the news that we have. We can celebrate with one another in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. What we do now isn't something we do as we grieve or as we mourn. It's something we do as we celebrate knowing the good news of Jesus Christ and the hope and salvation and peace that God will bring upon our life. We need to focus on the peace that God will bring to our lives, and we need to spread the good news to the world. But do not fear or be anxious. Worship God in your homes. Worship God with people. Call upon one another and show them the love of God. So I know we won't have as much time as we could. I, I was going to devote our entire service time to this prayer. And I decided you need a message from God's word too. But we are going to spend time in prayer now. But I know we could spend hours in prayer. So I ask you, take this idea home with you. Take a note. Take an offering envelope, a pencil. Make a note of what these are. Take your phone out now and take a little picture. It's okay. Even if your phone makes that little clicky-click noise, it's okay. That's not really what it sounds like, but it's all right. You get the point. Pray at home all the time for everything. And let's open in prayer now. If I could just ask a deacon or somebody as we have a moment of silence, Greg Onash, you're standing up. Why don't you open us in prayer for that number one? And I'll close us after a couple minutes, and we'll move on to the number two. Thank you.
Father, just continue to work in our lives. That, Lord Jesus, as, as one another feels down, we pick them up. That we glorify thy name in what we say and we do. Oh, dear God, work. Let us draw close to you through prayer, through scripture, reading it. When there's nothing on TV, Lord Jesus, what a great time to be in your word and studying it and applying it and living it. Lord Jesus, work in the very many places that people are around this world, Lord Jesus, that, Lord Jesus, our time would not be wasted. Our time would be used for your honor and glory. Let us be before your throne this morning and throughout the day glorify thy name and worship you and come to you. we uh, think about President Trump, we, we praise you for giving us a president that uh, has taken command of the situation to the best of his ability. And, uh, and Lord, he's uh, also trusting in you. And we just uh, praise you for that. Lord, uh, be with each and every uh, elected official right now as we, uh, we, we want to take this seriously, and yet we want to uh, trust and rely on you instead of ourselves. Uh, help us to be part of the solution today rather than part of the problem, Lord. Amen, yes. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we pray for those facing this pandemic in other ways than what we're experiencing, for those who are suffering, for those who are hurting around the world. Maybe it's just their routines being thrown out of whack and others are starting to, or maybe they have loved ones, family members, friends, neighbors who are actually in the hospital or actually sick. We pray for you, your impact, your help upon their lives. And most importantly, Lord, we pray for them to see the hope and peace that you can bring upon their life. We pray for those countries, those areas, which are maybe not as equipped medically as us to deal with this virus, um, for them to get the needs that they, they need. But yes, Lord, we do pray for the president. We pray for government leaders around the world. We pray that they're not just seeking the wisdom of worldly people, but they seek your wisdom. And Lord, we commend President Trump and we thank him for, for declaring this a national day of prayer. But we do pray that it's not just a political move. We pray that he truly understands the power of prayer. And we pray as this drives people into knowing you, to seeing you, that they would come into a presence of you and, and truly know you and trust you as Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, we start praying for this number three. And Lord, I know this is just a guideline. We don't have to pray like this. We don't have to pray these things. People can pray openly to you about everything with supplication and thanksgiving. We thank you for that, Lord. But scripture does tell us to teach, to, to number, to recognize that our days are numbered. 
So, Lord, I pray to teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Pray that the Lord will give us wisdom in this moment of fear as the foundations of what we know are shaken. But most importantly, Lord, help us to remind others, to show others that life is fragile and eternity is real. And we have the answer of life for eternity, hope and peace. And may we take that to the world to see. their willingness to spread your word even when sometimes that means they're in situations places environments that uh, may not be healthy may not be safe may not have the best medical care and lord we again we just pray that you keep them um, safe during all this not only now but in the years ahead Help us to be wise and, 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 and to, be, to use our, our knowledge wisely, Lord. We just pray that you will continue to lead with us. And, Lord, continue to be with the, the country, Lord, with, with the United States. That maybe the, this is a chance to bring us back to you, bring, bring, bring us back to relying on you and that you may take control, that you may, that you may be open in our lives, Lord. We just pray that you will lead and direct and Lord, help us to think of those around us, Lord, you know, who, again, who, who may not know you, Lord. We just pray that through this time that you will bring the world, especially, back to you, Lord. We just pray that maybe, as, as was said, that this will be a revival of the country, Lord. We just pray that this will be true. We thank you again that you are in control, not us, not the doctors, but you are in control. We thank you again in Jesus' name. humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Yes, Lord, we adore you, and we recognize your sovereign control in all things. You are all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, and you are still active in the world today. And even though at times it might feel like the mountains are trembling, the seas are 
roaring and surging. We know you are in control. You are a strong tower and a great refuge for your people. But, Lord, we must be your people. Lord, we adore you. You are mighty. You're holy. You're powerful. But, Lord, we pray for a revival of this nation. We pray for revival within ourselves as we try to do too much on our own. We try to be in control of our own lives instead of recognizing we're sinners in need of a Savior. Lord, may we give it to you today. May we recognize you are that Savior that we need. May we trust you as Lord and Savior and ask you forgiveness. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me for trying to do things on my own. And please come into my life and save me and help me from day to day. May you be our Lord and Savior. May you be the King of our life. May we pray that prayer together, but may we also deliver this news to the world. And Lord... We thank you for giving us this news, giving us this great opportunity to have salvation, to have hope, to have peace. Thank you for this blessing to come together as a church and worship you, and not just in this body, but wherever we are. Thank you for this great blessing of being able to come to you in prayer, with supplication, with asking you of our needs, and you listen to us. But may we do it with thankfulness, not with whining, but with thankfulness of knowing you're listening and you care. And you will give us what we need. Lord, we pray for revival upon this nation. We pray for our missionaries as they deliver the good news around the world. But not just them, but us too. Because we are all commanded to deliver this news. We pray for safety to be upon these missionaries. As, as we don't truly understand what it's even like overseas. We, especially to deal with all of this. Lord, we pray for safety for your people. We pray for safety for the world, but we pray for them to seek you through this time as you work through this. And yes, Lord, you will work even through this. And Lord, it's in your holy and powerful name that all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed, whether it be to Sunday school or on your way. Do not fear. Do not be anxious. In